Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in through our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. I'm really excited to welcome best-selling author E.M. Tran to our program today to talk to us not only about her storytelling journey, but what it's been like for her to do what she loves and to literally share that with the world in her debut, Daughters of the New Year. It's a book that's getting a lot of attention and rightly so we'll talk to her not only about the evolution of the characters and the story, but also what she hopes to be able to remember about the book once she finished. E.M., thank you so much again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on your show, Cyrus. I'm excited to be here. Well, the pleasure is definitely all mine. So let's just talk about, I mean, normally in, in this month, E.M., I normally ask people about the year that's been. But I want to ask you about the month that's been, because since the book came out officially in October uh, of this year, you've had a lot going on. So what has it been like for you to kind of to sit back and reflect on that? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I've had time to sit back and reflect. Um, it's been a wild ride. It's been really bananas. Um, from, you know, the first day, publication day was October 11th, and um, – you know, I didn't really know what to expect. It's my debut novel, and so I don't, I don't really have context um, for what that would be like. But right. I think uh, just considering <clears throat> other people's experiences with a debut novel, I think I'm just really lucky because, you know, I've I've gotten really great reviews, and um, I've I've had I've been, I have the opportunity to like go to all these different events, and not every author gets to do that. So right. it's been a pretty wild ride. I've Pretty much since the book came out on October 11th, uh, I've been, like, every single week I've had multiple events. I've been traveling. I've been, you know, flying out to different places and doing readings and author uh, author visits. And so, um, actually, to this week, Thanksgiving week, has been, like, the first week that I've been able to just be at home and mm. not have to expect to go anywhere for the next – for the holiday season, basically. So, uh <laughs> It's it's been wild. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, as I said, rightly so, E.M., because I, I think what is there's a couple of things about this book that I think are really interesting. Again, the title, uh, Daughters of the New Year, but it really is about looking at the past, learning from the past, and then moving forward in your own way. So I want to ask you about storytelling for you. When did you first discover that for yourself, your love of storytelling? Yeah, you know uh, – when I was a kid, I used to, I have this vivid memory of myself um, before I learned how to read of going through picture books and making up the stories based on the pictures. And <clears throat> I think that that just speaks to really what I've been doing my whole life. You know, like uh, even though I couldn't read the actual story, I still was imagining the possible narratives that could exist within a particular, you know, within any particular context. So um, I think it started very young, but it wasn't until I got to high school and I went to um, like a STEM math and science centered school. And <clears throat> I think that, um, they, you know, 
a lot of the kids didn't, re- you know, we didn't really love English class. Um, I did, yeah. though. Um, but I did, you know, people didn't put a lot of value in it, which I think is a, a huge mistake because you learn so much in English class about how yeah. to think about the world and how to, um, you know, how to just interact with people and, and how to put yourself in other people's shoes. And so uh, it was in my English class that we had our very first writing activity and I had to write a short story and then read it in front of class. And the funny thing about this story is that I had just watched a a French movie in my French class called Indochine. I don't know if you've seen it, but (laughs) it's a French, a a foreign film. And um, it was the very first movie I ever saw that represented Vietnamese experiences. Mm. And it was about, um, a French woman, a French colonialist who moves to Vietnam and she owns a rubber plantation and she ha- she adopts a Vietnamese daughter. And it was like literally the very first piece of media I ever saw that, you know, that at all reflected what it meant to be Vietnamese in the world. And uh, I basically, for this English project, I ripped off the storyline of that movie <laughs> and I basically plagiarized it and I, I changed it though a little bit and I read it from the class. And it's very funny because, you know, while I did copy the storyline, I did have to, you know, translate it and write it in a different way. And it was like story and I rewrote it in a way that was in my own language. And it was like the first time I'd ever done something like that. And my teacher told me that it was really good. And that was also, you know, when I went up to read it, I thought, this isn't, you know, I'm not, this is a stupid assignment that I'm just doing to get the grade. But (laughs) But then when the teacher was like, you're really good at this, I was, that was the first time anyone had ever told me that. So uh, that was, I think, the very, very beginning of my, the, of these feelings that I could maybe write. Amazing. Amazing. And now here you are uh, with the book uh, out for the, literally the world to read, um, getting all of this praise from your peers even. I want to talk to you about that because you said something interesting and I love the the gratitude that you have in this journey, Ian, because, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, you are living the dream of so many people. And one thing I noticed when I was prepping for this, not only, of course, your readers like myself talking about what they took away from the book, you have your peers, people you probably have looked at, at you know, as an example, talking about that as well. What has that experience been like for you to have other storytellers saying how much they enjoyed something you wrote? Wow, that is such a good question. And I really appreciate um, you, you know, bringing that up. I honestly, anytime anyone tells me that they've read the book, I'm floored. (laughs) I know that, you know, you write a book so that people can read it, but it's still (laughs) like writing is such a solitary thing. You know, you spend so much time with it by yourself. It lives in your brain. Um, and then, you know, then you publish it, and there's this expectation that all these people are going to read it and, and interact with it. But it's still shocking to me because I, it's been with such a personal, intimate, solitary thing for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I hear that people, that my peers have read it and that they, you know, other writers and authors like it and reach out to me and tell me that they enjoyed it, um, that means so much to me because I actually, you know, I don't necessarily – care about I mean of course like every writer wants to be successful but I it's right. it's the sales are not the thing that that I feel validation from mm. to me it's more important that I get um literary respect that people read it and they feel they feel something when they read it and they get something from the book um and so it's really really nice to get that kind of validation from other writers because it feels like they 
really recognize the time and the craft and the energy that went into to making something like that. Um, and it, it's like another level of recognition that uh, really helps me to feel like I can keep going, you know, like I can keep writing the next book. Right. So let's talk about the characters, because I, I wanted to kind of set this up, uh, Ian, before we got into the book, to kind of give our audience a little bit of backstory of you and what this experience has been like for you. I mean, and, and again, I can only speak for myself as, the, as the, the reader, because that's why I'm so excited to speak to you, the person who created this. Again, I, I think the idea of new beginnings is something that is, is so important in this book, it seems like. Kind of how did it begin? How did you kind of come up with the idea for Daughters of the New Year? Yeah, so um, I so just to give you a little bit, uh, I mean, for anyone listening, background about the book. The book is about a Vietnamese American family in New Orleans, focusing on the mother, Swan, and her three daughters, Track Me and Chu. And the narrative follows them um, as the timeline moves backwards. And so we see the characters live through historic events like Hurricane Katrina, 9/11, the fall of Saigon, um, other things historic events like that but also alongside those events we see them live through major personal events like the loss of a parent or being bullied at school and so the farther and farther back we go we meet grandmothers and great-grandmothers and great-great-grandmothers and so on and so forth and so finally we end with these Vietnamese woman warriors that originally inspired me to write the book so there was a couple of things that really um, were the impetus for for the creation of this book and the one is that I, what I just mentioned, these woman warriors, Lady True and the Trunk Sisters, um, when I was in a PhD program, I was doing research on uh, Vietnamese history, and I discovered these historic figures, Lady True and the Trunk Sisters, and I was surprised by them because they, uh, you know, Vietnam can be can be quite male-centered historically and kind of inflexible masculinity, and I think a lot of the Vietnamese narratives that we have today are often centered around uh, men in war. And also, like, a lot of, especially the U.S. versions of Vietnamese history we have are, of course, centered on war. And so I was really surprised to see that one of the, some of the few uh, historic figures that are raised up nationally were women. And they that and not only that they're women but that they're women warriors that they that they fight and that they're strong because there is a kind of certain you know expectation about um obedience female obedience and submission right. so I was really surprised by that and I wanted to explore that uh in my book somehow and then the other thing that really inspired me to you know that was the catalyst for this book was of course uh it's about a Vietnamese American family in New Orleans and a lot of that is drawn from my experiences growing up in a Vietnamese American family in New Orleans. So, um, yeah, it's, it, so it's, it's not an exact one-to-one of my family, but I would say that like, it's like if you took my family and turned the volume up, volume up to like a thousand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I have two older sisters. I have a mother and a father, of course. And so the family structure is quite similar. But I would say that, like, it's less of a, of you know, like an autobiography and more just like an examination of what it means to be an immigrant family. And, uh, and also, like, thinking about uh, – we have three daughters – thinking about what it means to be the oldest child or the middle child or the youngest child um, and, and things like that. So 
uh, I, I wanted to follow a Vietnamese family and I wanted to anchor it with historic events. But like for me, the more important part was less like thinking about the momentous event of Hurricane Katrina and more thinking about like how these really big things happen and we still live our lives. Like we still have our own personal dramas, these like little individual family dramas that happen uh, that people don't see or really raise up, you know? So I, I wanted to really right. focus on that. Yeah. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because I, I, that's why I mentioned earlier and I always try to be very careful Ian, when I'm having these conversations to talk around things. so I don't spoil it for all. And, and what, what that's why I brought up about the past earlier, because I think it's so interesting the way that you're able to go backwards and I think there's so much that we can learn and benefit from, but I think I love the fact that your characters are not confined to it. You know what I mean? I mean, they're they're not they're just because something may have happened some way does not mean this is what they have to embrace. And there's a bit of independence. So I'm I'm curious, and, and I'm glad you brought up about the fact that this is not this is not you, it's not your story. But how much of this is aspirational? And I asked that question, Em, by saying. How much did you did you want to create characters that you want other women to be able to see that they could be and they could be like and they could be able to do? How much of that came into this? Yeah, I w- it was really important to me to make sure that the – because the narrative is so focused on uh, female characters and, and women, mm-hmm. it was really important to me that those characters had agency, like they had the ability to make choices and decisions and they weren't just at the whims of, you know, these outside circumstances or these, these, you know, violent things. I didn't want that to be the case. And so it was really important to me to create scenarios where, you know, maybe, and sometimes those circumstances are, are unavoidable. So maybe we have a, a circumstance in the, in the present when you enter the book where the characters feel like they're kind of helpless or like they can't make a decision or a choice. But it was very important for me to subvert that the farther back you go in time and to show uh, perhaps an example where the, 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 char- the female character is able to take revenge or to, uh, to twist or manipulate a circumstance to her favor. So that to me was one of the main projects of the book was making sure that I subverted that kind of victim mentality. And then the other thing, like speaking of aspirational, like, I don't know if this is aspirational for other women, but for me, it was aspirational of that, like, you know, when I wrote the book, part of it was inspired by the fact that my, my parents are immigrants and and also refugees. And, you know, there was so much about, there is currently so much about their life that I don't know. And we'll never know because well, one, when I was growing up, I was like completely self-centered <laughs> as most kids are, you know, like all you do is think about yourself. Like when when, yeah. when Hurricane Katrina happened, you know, like uh, the first thought for me was not like, oh my God, my parents have to move again after being displaced like multiple times in their lives. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, you're ruining my life. You're making me move. <laughs> so I was, you know, totally, totally wrapped up in my own uh my own issues as a kid. And so I never yeah. asked my parents and they never shared because I think that it was very painful for them to share uh, what they went through. And when I got older, when I became an adult and I started thinking about it, I was, I was so ashamed that I, that there was so much I didn't know. And even if I asked them, you know, of course it's difficult to get them to share And you know, more broadly though, like beyond like an immigrant uh, 
uh, scenario. Like, I think that's true for a lot of kids and their parents. Like, there's so much, we, you know, kids don't really view their parents as, as people that have, like, you know, lives before them or, you know, love affairs or, or as- dreams and aspirations and things like that. So uh, part of the project of the book was it was aspirational in that, like, I was trying to even though there's history that I'll never know, there's experiences that I'll never know. I was trying to create an alternative narrative where I did know that I did in fact know what that history was. I was creating it for myself and, and, and imagining what a, one possibility of that life could be um, just to help me get in touch with my culture and like think about uh, just to be more empathetic to the different experiences that people like my mom and dad have had. Right, right. Did you did you have any any moment of surprise, uh, Em, as the story unfolded? I mean, I I feel like you know again, just as life has its twists and turns, this book definitely has that. But did you have any moments that even you were surprised at the direction the characters and the situations were going in? Yeah, you know, when once I got to the la- the latter half of the book, which is when. Uh, I, it, I really started delving into research because I didn't have the context, right? The first part of the book is very much based in um, more of the present day. And it's a lot of the it's family dynamics that I, that were inspired by my experiences or emotions that I felt. So like not that much research required for that necessarily. <laughs> um, but for the second half of the book, it, it goes farther and farther back in time. And so there was a lot of research that I had to do about Vietnam and about, you know, what it was like to live there during specific decades. And the more I did research, the more I had to make up what it was like for these characters to live their lives. And I had to use my imagination more. And so in a way it felt more like an active discovery when I was writing what they would do. Like it felt more like I didn't know what they were going to do really. And so um, I was really surprised by, uh, I wrote the, there's a scene, there's a chapter about um, their escape from Vietnam and they go, they escape on a boat. And I had this idea about what it would be like and what would happen. And when I started, I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone, but when I was writing the the characters reactions to the, what happens on the boat, I was just so surprised by, by what they actually end up doing. And so, yeah it was stuff like that. Like it, it, they, those characters really took charge in the situation and they really, uh, again, like speaking of agency and decision-making, like they really did make choices there. And I, they were just choices that I didn't know were going to be so aggressive until I wrote it out. So that was really surprising to me. And that happens again and again, actually in the second half of the book, every time I put a character in a, in a, a high intensity situation where they have to uh, somehow get out of this conflict, um, I was every time I was surprised by how strong the women were. So I don't know if that's yeah. my subconscious speaking or what, mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah, and, and that that again, that's uh, and I'm so glad you said that, uh, Ian, because it's also why I thought about the aspirational question. Because I think that's the I mean, we we want to think that we would be the best version of ourselves, right, when life happens onto us. And I think you know, being able to see that really play out. So I'm going to ask you this question. You may not can answer it, and that's fine, but I'll, I'll try anyway. <laughs> so, when you when you finish Daughters of the New Year, I'm curious because there's some things in there I thought 
I w- I'm curious if there's going to be more. Did you did you think this was the end of their story, or did you see this as an introduction to their story? Yeah, you know, uh, I part of the project of the book was um, kind of like reversing what we what we feel is a quote unquote normal narrative structure. So, mm-hmm. in a normal narrative, I say normal with heavy air quotes. Um, in a traditional narrative, I should say, uh, when, when you when you're watching a show or you're reading a book, you usually expect things to move linearly forward in time, mm-hmm. and we have all kinds of biases that are attached to that. I mean, even the way we talk about moving forward in time is is tied to progress or um, you know advancement in some way, and we think about the past you know, going backwards as a kind of regression or when we say, for example, like, oh, that's so medieval, we're tying the past to something that is regressive or, or you know, not, not advanced, something that right. is um, trapped, right? And I didn't like that because I think that there's a lot that we can learn from the past. And I, and I think that the past is, you know, if we forget about it, then it's it's always going to come back to bite us, you know? So part of the narrative structure and moving backwards was to celebrate that. But also um, I was, I was thinking about like all of the ways that we, that we prioritize moving forward in the future and how that is negatively affects what we understand about the past. So for example, um, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're easy to forget about who, who came before us, right? Like if you think about your, you, you remember your parents, you remember your, your grandparents, maybe your great grandparents, but you probably couldn't name your great, great grandparents or your great, great, great grandparents. Right. And so eventually everyone is kind of lost to the time we forget about them and they become these anonymous people that were just our ancestors. Right. But it was striking to me that like every single person on earth is here because there were there's this whole lineage of people that had to survive and like that to me is uh, one of the most uh, incredible things because like if you think about all the ways that you could you could die (laughs) not to get dark but like you know like it's actually quite incredible that all of these people were able to survive in order for your life to happen and so I wanted to reverse that in the writing of my book I wanted to revert not that in particular but I wanted to reverse the the fact that we forget the people in the past and instead we kind of forget or the people in the present that we start the book with disappear, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like we we're really invested in these characters at the beginning of the book, but slowly as they regress and age, they kind of appear or disintegrate to the, the time as we, as we go farther and farther back. And that was kind of mirroring what I feel happens when we put so much focus on the future, when we're always thinking about advancing forward or moving forward, we forget about what happens in the past. And so the book was really trying to put that on its head and make that happen. And that can be quite frustrating for a reader, especially a reader who, uh, you know, is really invested in the characters and also is really used to a forward moving narrative and, and feels like they're, they're owed, more about the characters at the beginning. I totally understand that, but part of that frustration is like also the correct response, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want I want you to be frustrated about it because you then also are forced to be in the lives of these other 
people who you forgot about or you never knew about because you didn't take the time to remember them, right? So um, I don't, to answer, that was a long-winded answer to your question, but to answer your question more <laughs> succinctly, uh, I, I do not plan to revisit these characters. Um, that It's really the end for, for them, and what you get is what you get in the book. Oh. All right. So, Ian, when you come back on here, and we're, you're telling me about one of these characters that we met in Daughters of the New Year. I'm going to say, well, remember, Em, when I asked you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Wait, like, no. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I can hear you now. They wouldn't. They kept talking to me in my sleep. <laughs> they, they wouldn't leave me alone. Yeah, but you know, I, I think that that is that is so. But it's, you know what? It's great to be that definitive, though, in that because I've had some authors I talk to about that, and they're they're a lot less committal. Let me say it that way. <laughs> saying I don't know, I did think about this. I don't know, I don't think so, but who knows? <laughs> That's probably the smarter answer because they left it open to possibility. Yeah, the possibility. Listen, you lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what I'll do. As we start the conversation, Em, I'm going to play back what you just said. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then I'm going to say, so, Em, so what happened there? Was Did you have an out-of-body experience? <laughs> but, but, no, Em, this has been such a great chat with you. Congratulations again on the book. Again, Daughters of the New Year is out now, and you better get it because Em says you will not see these characters again. <laughs> Again, so you need to go ahead and get Daughters of the New Year now. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore if they don't have it. I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. EM, congratulations. How can our audience stay connected with you? So much. Um, uh, my audience can get in touch with me through my website at www.elizabethmtran.com or you can follow me on Instagram at emtran3. All right. So make sure you guys stay connected with her. Again, it really was a pleasure to having you on. I really do appreciate this. And looking forward to our next chat together. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, glad to do it. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Thing as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Now let's go make today amazing. Take care.